Welcome to Biota Live. I'm Tom Bartley, and this is a continuation of the Biota Podcast. For more information on the Biota Podcast, check out biota.org slash podcast. We have our first caller. Hi, it's uh, Bruce here. Hi, Bruce. Good to talk to you. So we're still waiting on Mark Badeau, so we'll get into this evening's news and notes and bring Mark in when he calls in. So for folks wanting to participate, the call-in number is 646-200-0640. The next episode in two Fridays' time, Friday, February 20th at 8 p.m. Pacific, will be an Outstanding Questions show. I think we've done two or three of these in the past, but with the number of topics that have been discussed in the past four or five Biota Lives, it seems uh, appropriate that we have an outstanding questions show just to decompress and also take questions from the listening audience. So as you've listened in over uh, the recent Biota Lives, even the Biota Lives stretching back into last year, and if you have any outstanding questions, please send them to me, tom at nobelite.com, and I will uh, assemble together a, a group of experts to discuss them per the previous outstanding questions shows. The legacy with regards to these shows tends to be that... Uh, Two or three topics get hotly debated and other ones are uh, discussed with relative calmness. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the listening audience provides. From March 1st to March 18th, I will be in Australia, which means no biotalyze over this period. However, on March 27th at 8 p.m. Pacific, William R. Buckley talking about artificial life on an atomic level. And uh, William R. Buckley was one of the folks that approached me in Dick Gordon or after Dick Gordon's presentation in Second Life. And shout out to Dick Gordon, possibly in Second Life, because I know he's listening in this evening. So I was on Skype uh, last Friday, and Justin Lyon, who is still in Iraq, was on Skype as well. And he and I had a really fascinating chat with regards to the current situation in Iraq and also uh, the potential and possibilities that Justin is seeing there currently. And obviously, because of the circumstances, hold it, I'll just see if I can bring in the... Hello, second caller. Hello, this is Mark Bedell. Good to speak to you, Mark. So we're just going through some news and notes, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, get into this evening's topic, talking to you. But I was just saying, I'm not sure if you've met Justin Lyon, but I was uh, chatting with him last Friday evening. He's currently based in Iraq, and he had some very interesting feedback uh, that he's getting both setting up universities in Iraq and also some work that he's doing with the Iraqi government currently. And whilst, I, whilst obviously the circumstances in Iraq are very serious, the point that Justin makes is that the uh, government in Iraq is currently very um, math and science and engineering heavy in terms of their backgrounds. I know Justin is close with the Deputy Prime Minister who has background in um, mathematical simulation from Sussex University, I believe, um, so a highly educated group of uh, engineers and like-minded folk that are currently forming the Iraqi government. And Justin had a lot of positive stuff to say about what could come out of this. He is um, obviously consulting with them and giving them advice with regards to how to uh, adopt simulation at a government level, particularly with regards to proof and concept. But I hope to have Justin on uh, in a future Biota Live or certainly to do a recorded interview with him because his discussion uh, about the current situation in Iraq and also his experiences uh, setting up universities there are fascinating. So uh, for folks who've listened to, uh, to recent Biota Lives, obviously Darwin's birthday is coming up February 12th, which is very, very soon. Bruce, you're actually going to be in London for the festivities. 
indeed, and I'll be part of a half-day workshop at the Wellcome Trust that's sponsored by the Bartlett School and Rachel Armstrong. So a group of us were contacted this week by Phil Terry, who is gathering together 200,000 people on Facebook for Darwin's birthday. And what interests me about this, and also obviously running uh, I Am Darwin and getting video submissions associated with I Am Darwin, is that there is a huge upswell of kind of popular energy and, and popular support. And what I find fascinating, particularly with regards to my own work in the I Am Darwin project, is just the, you know, the breadth of interests of people submitting videos. Certainly, someone such as Phil Terry, and I know Bruce and uh, others have, have discussed this with me in the past, I mean, in terms of assembling 200,000 people that are interested in Darwin, can you imagine the, the energy that comes through that after, after the actual birthday celebrations die down, Bruce? Yeah, yeah, it's a very positive uh, thing to do in the light of sort of a lot of the anti-science uh, sentiment here in the U.S. over the last eight years. And certainly what I've been saying to Phil is that we, I mean, the background with regards to biota is with regards to collaboration both within the artificial life community and also for folks outside the artificial life community. And that's my hope really with regards to the I Am Darwin website as well, that after a year, and I'm keeping the site open for all of this year, but a year's worth of submissions, we could turn the site over into some kind of forum or discussion to allow, um, you know, the MDs, the economists, the artificial life folk, obviously the paleobiologists, people such as Dick Gordon, I mean the kind of folk that we've already been able to gather together through the biotic community plus a wide variety of other folk and also folk that obviously Phil Terry will be bringing in just to continue the discussion based on this uh, initial upswell support. Mark, as you're listening to this, what, what are your thoughts as regards to the potential? The potential for the I Am Darwin website or for Darwinism in general or... Darwinism in general, just the upsurge in support with regards to, I mean, for example, Bill Terry is gathering together 200,000 people through Facebook. And from that, I mean, obviously these people are in a wide variety of areas, a wide variety of interests. But in terms of collaboration, in terms of interesting discussion, I mean, obviously it just doesn't end at the end of Darwin's birthday. Yeah, well, I think... Uh, the whole thing is, is wonderful. It's, um, it's great to have this many people involved um, in any kind of an event like this, which is a positive one, and um, you know, helping to promote uh, science. The, the, thing that, um, you know, the thing that mainly strikes me, my main thought about the attention that's given to Darwin's birthday is that <clears throat> the main message I would want to add to the festivities is that while Darwin... Darwinism is extremely important and um, absolutely fundamental in our understanding of life on Earth and uh, the big questions about life on Earth. There are other big questions about life on Earth that Darwinism does not answer, so that we do not have all of the answers, all of the, the answers to the big questions, even in, even in, uh, in, in general principle terms, about how life, in particular, how life arose and how life uh, evolved in the way in which it did to become uh, more and more complex, how the biosphere became more and more complex. Darwinism, no doubt, well, by Darwinism, I mean natural selection, the principle of natural selection, and that no doubt plays a role. But one of the very clear lessons from artificial life over the last 10 years, 15 years, throughout its whole really, history, is proof after proof that natural selection by itself, even when you add in other things like an indefinitely large genetic space 
and um, coevolution and uh, the construction of the environment by the organisms still does not produce um, the kind of growth of complexity that you see in the biosphere, or and nor do similar kinds of principles explain how life originated. So the message that I want to give is that Bob Darwin was extremely important in showing how uh, science can explain fundamental patterns in biology. By no means is it over. There are still big questions that are open, and extremely interesting ones. And in fact, um, uh, so so when you have the debate between Darwinists and creationists, and the creationists or intelligent design people point out that there are gaps in the in the evolution, sort of in the current bio, biology account of various aspects of life, they are right. And of course, the answer is not that there should be some creationist answer to fill that gap, but rather we shouldn't pretend that Darwin, in principle, supplied all the answers because it's just not true. And talking about positive energy and reinforcement, are you, are you familiar with the Greytham groups at all, Mark? Greytham, no. Bruce, can you give an introduction to, to Greytham for Mark? Yeah, the um, Greytham groups were started in Boston and Cambridge, I think about four or five years ago, and it's basically a homebrew club for artificial life developers, and they tend to have a monthly meeting. The one here in the Bay Area is at SRI International in the Artificial Intelligence Lab, and it allows people to show, uh, hobbyists to show artificial life work they're doing, but also academics to come and, and show some of their work and writers and a lot of other kinds of people. So it's actually you know, in the great tradition of, of homebrew clubs. And it's, uh, I think there's four or five, uh, four or five chapters around the world now, and it's kind of uh, revivifying if you'll forgive the phrase, uh, the artificial life hobbyist uh, community and connecting them in with the academic community. Uh-huh. Interesting. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, part, part of the, the way I would underscore my <laughs> the, uh, previous point, the point I'm trying to make is that there are lots of very profound, open questions still to, to find answers for. And I think artificial life is exactly the, the right set of uh, tools. In particular, I'm thinking here of soft artificial life, making computer simulations. Um, to investigate these these big questions, sort of Darwin scale questions, along with the uh, you know the origin and evolution of species, there's fundamental questions like the origin of life, or why uh, whether there's some kind of error of complexity inherent in evolution. These are these are questions which we still don't know the answers to, but a life is a, a perfect way to learn about them, make progress. You were certainly speaking to the choir, Mark, with regards to uh, both Bruce and myself and also with regards to listener based to Bios Live, because I think that's a, a kind of continuing theme throughout these uh, internet radio shows. So, yeah, certainly an amen from, uh, from this part of the choir. So, some great, some related news. I have to send apologies to Scott Davis, um, because I accidentally said Scott Schaefer with regards to uh, the presentation of Bubble Pond in the Bay Area. Al Lundell has once again created two fantastic videos. Were you at the Great Thumb Silicon Valley meeting, Bruce? Sorry, I missed that one. There's about, I would say, two and a half hours worth of video online. I think Steve's presentation in particular left me questioning some of the aspects to it. I found it actually quite challenging, but it was wonderful to see Scott Davis give a presentation of stuff. If you talk about hobbyists that have been inspired by seeing artificial life academics and hobbyists talk at Greytham meetings. I mean, Scott Davis is the, is the poster child to that. And also Greytham Boston 
had uh, Justin Weirafell, who's a postdoctoral fellow at New England Complexity System Institute and Harvard Medical School on Monday night. And I guess the flavor of the Boston uh, Grayson meetings tends to be slightly more academic, but there's a, there's a good group of hobbyists there. Bruce uh, has had the benefit of attending almost all the uh, Grey Thumbs at one time or another, bar perhaps Second Life and, and Ben Lux, haven't you, Bruce? That's right. I've been to the London group as well. Yeah, they sound, they sound wonderful. I look forward to when I uh, you know, am, have a chance to be at one. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't been invited to talk yet, Mark, because certainly um, the feedback from the community is that, uh, you know, you, your work to date has been very inspirational for a, for a number of people, and I'm sure the various Graytham organizers are currently clamoring to get your email address in order to invite you to speak to at all of them. And I know you do a bit of traveling as well, so you're probably ideally suited to uh, drop into one or more of the of the Graytons as they're held worldwide. Yeah, I was just in London a couple of weeks ago, and I'll be in San Francisco in uh, two weeks, etc. So, yeah, I get around. That would be fun. That would be fun. So, Dick Gordon's book, Divine Action and Natural Selection, I had the sad news today that unfortunately only review copies are being sent out to Divine Action and Natural Selection, so I won't be able to offer a couple on Biota Live for uh, folks who want to contribute specific submissions, but my sense is that maybe Mark or someone associated with the Artificial Life Journal will be receiving a copy of Divine Action and Natural Selection in the near future for the purposes of review. I am, however, going to be published in a book called Nature Inspired Informatics, which will be out relatively shortly as well, and I'm going to fight tooth and nail to get promotional copies for BioLive of that book because I think it's a, a fascinating survey and it would be nice to have someone like Larry Yeager uh, back on to talk through a, a number of the chapters. 